deep in the woods we seemed to find the monsters that used to lurk in the shadows. Welcome back, my friends. It's good to see you made it back for another episode. Today I'm going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true horror stories from the deep woods. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that truly help keep this show going. Now, let's get into these creepy and allegedly true deep woods horror stories. We used to live in a haunted house, a wildly haunted house, and haunted or cursed land, whatever you want to call it. I had invited a friend of mine at the time named Sky. We would go into the woods behind our house, chill and do normal teenage girl stuff, talking about boys and our relationships. Well, we decided for some reason to get up and go deeper into the woods because we knew there was a house being built not far from us. After a while of walking to this new structure, we sat on an old, dried-up log. Around us, we were just completely alone, and it was just woods. We had randomly gotten quiet, and the silence was broken by a faint chanting loud enough to hear, but too faint to understand the words. The hairs on the back of my neck stood up, and I could feel goosebumps on my skin. I swear, we could have gotten whiplash at how fast we looked at each other. Oddly, we immediately thought of some demonic stuff along with the lines of satanic worship. We nodded at each other, and I knew we were thinking the exact same thing. The second we stood up and heard the chanting clearly, sticks broke and we heard the classic horror movie nursery rhyme, Ring Around the Roses, by little girls, just chanting. Without a second thought or stutter, we ran all the way to the road, freaked the heck out, and walked home from there. A few months would go by and nothing seemingly happened. And then, I thought it too soon. Covers started to be pulled off of me at night, and my door would creak shut on its own. But it was my brother who had the biggest scare. My brother was up one night, up by himself as she usually does, laying on the couch. He was watching some of the regular ghost adventures, funny enough, and he gets a weird feeling. He looks around, uneased to see nothing. He looked out at the board on our kitchen floor that covered up the hole where the floor caved in. We were going to fix it in the morning. He shook his head and just thought that he was hearing things. Having paused the TV, he resumed it again. In the corner of his eye, he sees the board in the kitchen fly up and drop. Freaked out, he runs to my room and wakes me up. I think he's joking because I didn't hear anything and went back to bed. After some time... He sits back on the couch and watches TV as if nothing happened. Well, now he has to use the bathroom, so he gets up and goes to the bathroom. As he walked into the bathroom, he heard rattling on the bathroom glass, and the window was open for some reason. He brushed it off and went back to his business. When he finished, he turned his head to see black claws opening the window. He freaked out, honestly. He had no idea what to think. He thought something was starting to crawl in. My brother screamed like a girl. He was only 14 years old at the time and woke my dad up. But when we looked out the window, it was shut and everything in the house was fine.
My name is Justin. I'm 37, but my story happened when I was 25 years old and a graduate of Bible College. For a bit of context, I will tell you a little bit about the state of mind I was in. I was raised very religiously by Southern Pentecostal parents. So, when I graduated high school, Bible College seemed like a smart choice as religion was everything to me at that time. However, at Bible College, I was soon awakened to the new reality. Most of what I had been taught by pastors and ministers growing up was simply not true. So I spent four years at college unlearning my entire upbringing and stumbling into a whole new reality. After graduating college, I spent a lot of time soul-searching and being in the forest, as we are surrounded by beautiful nature here in East Tennessee. So I decided to take a day hike in the mountains and just be alone with my thoughts. There are lots of access points to the Appalachian Trail near me, here in Elizabethton, Tennessee. I took a light pack containing water and snacks up to the mountain and got on the Appalachian Trail before going up the beaten path. I went for a while and feeling a bit like a tourist, I decided to make my own path and go off trail. I just turned off the trail and went up the mountainside until I found an animal path. I walked and walked for nearly an hour when I looked uphill to see that I was near the ridgeline. Just as I started to feel like the king of the mountain, I noticed the ambient noise around me seemed to decrease in volume quickly, going silent in a couple of seconds. I thought that I was the reason for this, as people have rarely come in this location, so I just paused for a second to enjoy the serenity of God's creation. That is when I heard rapid footfalls coming towards me from over the ridge. I froze instantly and almost soiled my pants. As I was trying to wrap my mind around what this could have been, the steps stopped abruptly where they were immediately followed by what sounds like something forging through dead leaves on the ground. Maybe an animal digging, I thought. Then more steps, followed by more foraging sounds. It feels like it's much closer now, that little voice said in my head. I was less than 50 yards away from whatever this thing was when there were more running steps, then foraging sounds again. It's coming this way, my common sense screamed. So now I am terrified. As it had sounded like something moving with purpose, apparently towards me, as I weighed the choices of fighting or fleeing, I stood as still as I could and strained to listen. Silence. Then, a rock, well, more like a small boulder, sailed through the trees and landed about 25 yards away from me and bounced down the hill a little further. As I began to question whether this was a dream or some sort of hallucination, another large rock impacted, suddenly a little nearer to me. My mind raced as I struggled to think of what animal might throw large rocks at a potential threat. But when a third mini-boulder landed even closer to me, I knew it was time to go. Flight it is, I decided, still facing the same direction. I quietly took several steps backward, Slowly and carefully, keeping an ear to the wind, I turned and power-hiked myself all the way back to the trail, which gladly was straight downhill. It seems I still have much to learn about this world we live in. But for me, I believe wholeheartedly Sasquatch is in the Appalachians. It's a reality for me that I now have accepted, as there is nothing else that could have been there. There's nothing else that could have caused this experience. I know there are a lot of Bigfoot stories, but the collection of tales told is building a bigger picture of the beings in our forest trying to live in peace.
After hearing so many other people's stories about similar occurrences around the Appalachian Trail on your channel, I am now certain I am not crazy nor afraid to share my story. Thank you for telling our story, Swamp Dweller. I am sure I speak for lots of people when I say it means a lot. I experienced this back when I was 14 years old. Now I am 23 years old. Back when I lived on the outskirts of a small town in Montana, behind my home there was a forest. Now I have never stepped a foot into these woods until that day. The only time I had even gotten close to that forest was when I was tasked with walking the family dog, Charlie. Now, Charlie was a pretty big dog. I had never seen him cower before. On one of our walks, I heard noises in the woods. It was the sound of a branch snapping. Occasionally, when I took walks with Charlie, I would keep hearing these noises. One important thing to mention, though, is that whenever I took Charlie out during the day, nothing would ever really happen. But during dusk and dawn or nighttime, I would always hear these noises. The day I decided to head into the woods was an extraordinary day because it was my 14th birthday. After everyone was in bed, I had snuck out with Charlie and we navigate our way through, or, well, try to. We ended up getting lost and came upon an abandoned shed in the middle of the woods. Then the last thing I expected happened. Charlie started whimpering. That was never a good sign. I had wondered if there was someone there, but I couldn't see anybody. I didn't think I would need any form of protection, so I didn't have any with me. And then I heard the sounds. The sounds of crunches and snaps. All of the wildlife went silent. I was terrified, so all I could do was run to the shed and hide. Something or someone got closer. I heard the leaves crunching. It was the only way I could tell how close it was getting. Then a loud bang resonated through the woods. It was walking on top of the roof. I couldn't stop shaking, but I'd like to think that Charlie could now tell how scared I was because he started licking me. Around five or ten minutes later, it hopped off the roof, and I peeked out the nearest window. There was a human-like creature, with grotesque, long limbs, pale skin, just like the moon, jagged bones, and joints. It was extremely thin. Its spine was protruding underneath its skin. Instead of bumps on the spine, they were like tips of a knife. I felt sick to my stomach and almost hurled. I managed to see its face. It was roundish. Its eyes were beady. They looked black, but I'm not completely sure. They were glossy like the eyes of a doll. Lifeless. And soon it had started to walk away, but not without turning back to me and letting out a demonic roar, like the roar of a lion mixed with the call of a raven. I think it knew I was there. I don't know what prevented it from killing me, but whatever it was, I am forever grateful. Remember, if there are woods near you and you hear strange sounds... Leave it alone. Never forget that there are things out there that won't be as merciful as it was to me. And if anyone knows what this is, please let me know in the comments. My story happened in the woods of western North Carolina. My mom, dad, my brother, and myself were visiting my grandmother for the weekend. I was 14 years old at the time, 
We arrived at my Nana's house, this is what I call my grandmother, before dark. It was a Friday evening. We went inside and greeted Nana. My brother wanted to go ride his dirt bike out in some of the trails in the woods behind Nana's house. So I decided to take a walk along one of the trails with him. My mom told my brother and myself not to go too far into the woods. It would be getting dark soon. We both said okay. My brother went on his way and I went on mine. I was walking and just exploring. I noticed it seemed to be already getting dark. I decided to head back to the house and I noticed the woods were now very quiet. My dad has always said when the woods are quiet, there's some type of predator in the area. I looked ahead of where I was getting ready to turn around to head back to the house. I saw a figure. It was against a tree. I could see movement. It was, I'm guessing, around ten yards ahead of me. It turned to look at me. It saw me. It looked like a dog, standing on its hind legs, standing around five foot five in height. It was black, jet black. This creature didn't have hair, but had black skin in which looked charred. The creature had long pointed ears that stood up on its head. It had a long mouth. I also saw bright, glowing yellow eyes. I knew this wasn't just a dog, but in fact something very evil. I was so scared that I was almost frozen. I heard a voice saying, run, 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 in my head. I finally realized it was myself saying this. I started running as fast as I could. I could hear something running behind me, but I never looked back. I was far too scared. I saw Nana's house ahead and I ran up to the back door. I started banging on it and screaming, let me in. My mom, dad, and Nana all came to the door. I almost knocked them all down trying to get in. I yelled at them to shut the door. My dad shut it and I told them what I saw. By this time, my brother was already back. He heard me screaming. My dad and brother took some flashlights and walked out into the trail. They could not see anything. When they got back, my dad says, I think what you saw was a black bear. I told him about the woods becoming silent this time. He said bears can cause silence in the woods. I told my dad it was definitely not a bear, but I don't think anyone believed me. I told a couple of friends when I got home, and they did believe me, though. This happened years ago, but I've never forgotten it, and I don't think I ever will. In all the research I've done, the closest thing that it possibly could have been was a dogman. To give a little bit of context, I'm a 28-year-old man. I'm 6 foot 1, 260 pounds, born and raised in the middle of the Corn Belt of Illinois. The time of this incident, I was 22 or 23 years old. I've been a fisherman and hunter since I was a kid, and my dad and I always hunt on family land. We were out one day during muzzleloader season, basically a modern-day musket for those who do not know. I'm sitting in my tree stand when I look to my left and see a strange yellow light coming from the timber. It was coming from the direction my dad was in, so I take a picture of it on my phone and send it to my dad asking if it was him. Right at the same time, he was doing the same thing with me. We get texting about it more, and I notice there's a second light about an hour later. We arrange a spot to meet when darkness falls, and we meet there. We pull our flashlights out and look in the direction the light was coming from. There is a path of tiki torches in the middle of the woods. We ended up calling the sheriff's station to have them come and take a look. We followed the path up to a clearing in the middle of a thick part of the trees, and 
there are more tiki torches arranged in a pentagram-type shape. In the middle of that pentagram was a jawbone of a human being and six wild berries. This was made even weirder by the fact that it was out on the same piece of property that we always hunt on, and a week earlier, my uncle was out there, and they had heard a gunshot from this general area. Now, the sheriff's department didn't really find anything else, but I still feel like I'm in a horror movie every time I get caught in the back of that piece of the forest alone in the dark. Just as a side note, where we found the pentagram was only 20 yards from where I was sitting. This is very strange, and I'll let you guys know if any more activity pops up. Me and my friend, whose alias is Elizabeth, always go on evening walks when I am sleeping over at her or her sister's house. Our usual route is going through the woods by a friend's house to the store and going back through the woods and going to a weird thing where you can see the sea and the view. This is in February, in Finland, which means that it was pitch dark at about 8 to 9 a.m. We were on our way back, about halfway to view this thing, and we heard a sound that sounded like a flute, but at the same time, didn't. Basically, a harmonic, unnatural sound. We looked back and saw nothing. She asked me if I heard it. I said, yeah, do you still want to go to Coco's Denon? I asked, and she nodded. We walked about a meter or so, and we heard it again, but it was distant this time. At that moment, I started to pay more attention because the first time we heard it, it sounded like it was on our right in the woods, and the second time, it sounded like it was 20 meters away, on the sand path we were walking on. When we arrived to the view thing, we walked seven steps up to the first level, and I heard a crack in the trees, and on the way there, we heard the sound from all different directions, and varying directions and distances. We walked up the first narrow flight of stairs to the second level, which was smaller than the first, and we walked up the last flight of stairs to get to the top level, which is a square, about the size of 3 meters times 3 meters. I sat on the bench, overviewing the rest of the forest and the sea. My back turned from where we came from, and Elizabeth sat on the side where her back was turned to the path, and that's when it hit me. We were hearing the sound, but didn't hear any type of footsteps. It was dark out when we went, so the sky was dusted with stars. She looked at me. What? Don't like, I don't like that you're looking at me like that. You're kind of scaring me. What is it? I looked up and heard the sound again, but it sounded like it was under us now. Um, can we go, like, now? I walked before her because I'm stronger than her and can somewhat fight. When we were down from the view thing, we sped walked, and then boom, we heard the sound deep in the trees on our left, and not even two minutes later, we heard it right behind us. She started walking faster, and I looked back. There was no one there. Let's run until we're at the pavement, I said, and she agreed. When we were finally on the pavement, we crossed the street twice so that we were on the road leading home. When we heard that sound from down the hill, which is impossible, I asked her if we could run 15 meters and then walk. We did that and didn't hear a sound after that. We thought it was over, but no. When we were about to cross the street to get to her house, we heard it again. It was directly behind us, or at least I did. She claimed that she didn't hear it that time, 
She was fumbling with her keys to try to get down. We ran down the seven steps and opened the door. I tried pulling the door closed, but it felt like someone was pulling it open. When the door finally shut closed, we ran up the two flights of stairs as fast as we could while being quiet and opened her apartment door, and quickly went to her in her sister's room. When we got there, her sister asked why we were so shocked and spooked. We told her, and their mother. She said it was probably a fox, and over the course of the night, I kept hearing footsteps in the staircase of the apartment building. The footsteps would occasionally stop at the front door, and I would hear taps on the door, and then it went down again. This repeated the entire night. The neighbors are all old, so they were all asleep, and who would do that all night? The next morning, we searched up what a fox sounded like, and it definitely was not a fox. This story comes from Labrador on the eastern coast of Canada. Before the iron ore mines and hydro dams took over in the 1960s, the fishing and fur industry was the main source of income. Young men on the coast would leave their homes in the fall, paddle up the Churchill River in a canoe, and spend the winter trapping furs and living in small log cabins called tilts. In early spring, as the season was winding down, one such trapper was finishing up his evening meal. He lit his pipe and was just sitting down to a cup of tea when he heard a voice coming seemingly from nowhere. In a hushed but clear tone, the voice told him to pack up all of his belongings and leave the cabin as soon as possible. At first, he doubted his ears, passing it off to the many weeks of isolation. Shortly after he finished up, he stepped outside to take in the evening air, but was again met with the same phantom voice telling him to pack his gear and leave. He was now certain he was not hearing things, and strangely, the voice sounded incredibly familiar to him, like it was someone he had known his entire life. He laid down on his caribou skin blanket for the night. He decided that if he heard the voice for a third time, he would listen to it and leave. Sure enough, not long after he bedded down, the voice now clear as a woman's voice pleaded with him to pack up and leave. He immediately sat up and began to gather his belongings, and well before the sun was up, he was heading back to civilization with his furs and gear in tow. It wasn't until he got back to town that he learned from another trapper how a day or two after he left, the ice on his part of the river broke up early and flooded the area, making travel impossible. If he stayed in the cabin, he would have been stranded for nearly a month, with his supplies mostly gone from the winter in the woods there was a very real chance that he would have starved. When the trapper was an old man, he revealed that when he left the tilt that night, he was hit with the realization that the voice he heard was that of his mother, who died when he was younger, and he credited her spirit for watching over her son and quite possibly saving his life. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true deep woods horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, whether it's from the deep woods or a different type of story, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. It's stories like yours that truly help keep this show going and I would love to share them with everyone here in the swamp. 
If you enjoyed today's stories, please be sure to hit that like button as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it to fresh new eyes, and that's incredibly helpful to the swamp. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Hit that subscribe button and turn on notifications to never miss a new episode as I upload them nearly every single day on all things natural and supernatural. If you're listening to this on iTunes or another podcast platform, please be sure to give this a 5-star rating as that helps us a ton over there. It's incredibly helpful. I'd love to know in the comments down below what story was your favorite tonight. Honestly, I don't know if I can pick one. I think these were all very strange and pretty creepy. If you're on the go but don't have YouTube Premium but still want to listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller Scary Stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and just about everywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. It's absolutely free. If you would like to support The Swamp outside of hitting that like button, subscribing, and giving us a 5-star rating on iTunes, maybe check out the merch store. I've got face masks, hoodies, t-shirts, and more. I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool Swamp threads. Don't forget to join me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and I'll see you guys soon with another creepy video.